Hola chicos, ¿cómo están? I just want to give a quick shout out to our new and amazing sponsor, HelloTalk. Have you ever just wanted to learn a new language? ¿Han querido alguna vez aprender un idioma nuevo? I'm sure you already know how to say, hello, how are you? Or, ¿dónde está el baño? Or, I like blue pens. Or, I don't know, some other useless pronouns that you probably don't want to know. But, you see, with HelloTalk, you can actually talk to native speakers in the language that they can help you with. Pues con HelloTalk pueden hablar con gente nativa de diferentes idiomas que te pueden ayudar. So that means you can actually connect and share the difference in your cultures, your slangs, and even your history. All you have to do is search for a language partner by a native language and native city, and then you're off to the races. It can be across the border or all the way around the world. And by the way, you don't have to learn Spanish. You can also learn Japanese, Italian, Korean, literally everything. This app has over 150 people speaking different languages and also 250 million people on standby. He estado usando esta app desde la última semana de marzo. He aprendido mucho español y he conocido mucha gente simpática con quienes aún sigo hablando y texteando hasta el día de hoy. If you don't know what I just said, then you should probably start practicing your Spanish. Go ahead and click the link on the description above if you're on Instagram or down below if you're on YouTube. But if you're on YouTube, well, great. Good for you. We're going to have more videos coming soon. And also, the best part about this, it's free. You can get the VIP for $8, but honestly, it's free. Go ahead. Click on it. Click on it now. So let's get started now. Así que empieza ahora. Hey guys, it's me, Nick Puente, and welcome to the Vibe Check Podcast. The podcast where I get to talk to cool and interesting characters and talk about their cool and interesting lives. Where the topic of conversation can be about launching a new product or theorize that artificial intelligence will be the downfall of mankind. In any case, everyone has a good story to tell, so sit back and enjoy. Hey guys, welcome back to the Vibe Check Podcast. I'm here with an amazing guest today. His name is Javier. And Javier, he's an athlete for Intentional Patterns, which, by the way, I'm sure you guys know Matt, which I don't like. No, I'm kidding. I love you, Matt. And we have Hudson, obviously. Hudson's not here, but he shouldn't be here. I, w- I wish he was here. But, you know, we've talked about Intentional Patterns before, but I'm just so happy to have this guy. We have a professional boxer in the house. We've got a couple belts here, right? Oh. Uh. We're slowly working on those belts, uh, fight by fight. Fight by fight. We're going to get there. And let me tell you, this guy is literally the embodiment of fighting like a Mexican. And if you guys don't know what that means, it's basically, you know, he's a brawler. He has a lot of heart. And when he takes those shots, he brings them back tenfold. And he's not going to stop. And he's, he's going to keep on going. He's going to keep on being the best. And I guarantee you, you remember his name, brother. And sisters, I guess. <laughs> remember his name. He's going to be doing good things in the future. But, you know... Recently, we were talking about, and I guess we can just get into it. Like, we're talking about, like, you know, your your path to being this fighter. You know, your path. Like, what? And I love to always, I love to always ask this question, especially with my my uh, my fighters, or my martial artists, or my boxers. What what invoked that courage? Like, you know, what I mean, like, what what made you want to step into the square and be like, all right, let's go, man to man. Um, like I said, um, the the neighborhood I was in, it was a uh, kids would always fight. We would always outside playing. And then we would get mad at each other. Uh, we'd start start a fight, and then they'd uh, team up on me, gang up on me. And then my dad didn't really like that, and he took me one day to the gym and told me uh, that he just wanted me to learn how to defend myself. And then slowly, me on still training at the gym, I just started liking the sport. And then I saw everyone sparring, and I would tell my dad like, "Hey, dad, I want to spar." And then they sparred me. And then, I'm not going to lie, they put me to spar with a girl one time, my wow. very first sparring. Really? How old and are you? 18. 18. Oh, yeah. shit. My very first sparring was, uh, I think, around like 11. And 
she she did she did put a whooping on me. I'm not gonna lie. And then I didn't come to the gym for a whole week. You got your pride hurt a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I, I was a little sad. And then uh, after that, I just started working harder and harder. Then I saw everyone. I started seeing everyone fighting, and I was like, I want to start fighting. And I told my dad, I was like, Dad, when can I start fighting? And then they got me my USA boxing book. And then after that, I just every every. Ever since that first win, I started. I started liking. I was like, I want to get better. I want to get more wins. I want to get belts. Dude, man, that's like you said it perfectly right there. I mean, it's just that fire underneath you, man. And just to point out too, it, it translates a lot in life. Like I think, honestly, I think you can argue this whether you want to or not. But team sports are one thing. Team sports are you know a beautiful thing. But when it comes to like you know, you know, boxing or just martial arts, just like you know. The man in the arena, really, just going through and just fighting, that's the best, you know, interpretation of just life. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, um, you, you even said itself, you got humbled a little bit, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And due to, due, due to you being humble, he still said, okay, let's get back in the square. You know, let's go get back into it so we can actually, like, fix what we can do. Yeah. It's all on you. It's all on you. And that's something that you honestly have to give testament to your character. It's tough, man. I, I, can, I can only imagine what it's like to be, you know, like a fighter or, like, professionally. You know what I mean? Like, just, just a boxer. And it's so much more than just, you know, throwing hands, like I said. There's, like, a lot of skill, obviously. You got to throw that. You have feet work, perfect feet work. Yeah. Weight distribution. Um know to how to counter especially you you have a plan right i think tyson said the best you have a plan to punch someone what happens when you get punched in the mouth what mm-hmm. are you going to do from there yeah and um i think there's an underappreciation with that now man yeah i really think that when it comes to just fighters in general or just people in general they don't they, they need something like that yeah they they need either a fight they need either some sort of you know just um, extracurricular, yeah. And people are wanting for that, and th- there's no, there's no really, um, I guess, not really explanation per se. But there's no, who would have thought that people would admire fighters? But people yeah. do. People do. Like, dude, honestly, like I, I respect the hell out of you because, especially, I wanted to go to that fight like the other weekend. I oh, think yeah. it was yeah. The I just fight. Yeah, man, that was. I saw like on Instagram and dude, you, you, you knew how to fire back, man. That guy, that guy, was he, uh, what was he doing? He was talking, talking a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he was talking a lot. I mean, it was crazy because, um, I saw him on my box rec and I was like, oh, okay. And then like two, two weeks before the fight, he was just saying, it was like, oh, y'all don't want to miss this whooping. I'm about to put it on this young boy. I was like, I'm the big dog. He's, the, he's just a little pup. And then he, he was like, I don't care about his 4 and 0 and his 4 KOs. Like, I'm coming for what I want. This is what I bleed, this and that. And then th- just the whole way, I was just I was just chilling, you know. I wasn't really going to, like, talk back. I mean, I understand if he did it just to, like, pump the fight up mm. but uh, or try to see, like, get a reaction from me. But my dad, me and my dad were talking about it a lot, and I was like, nah, dad, I'm not going to trip over that. And I was like, if anything, I'll probably just put something like, like, what happened to that whooping you were going to put on me? Uh, something just after the fight, but yeah. going into the fight, I was just I was relaxing, chilling, worried about losing my weight, uh, staying ready and focused, uh, cause I knew it was gonna be a big fight, and he was he was gonna, he was a a tough uh, com- uh opponent. Mm. I'm sure he, I'm sure he was. Which I, there's another question that it leads to me to ask: When it comes to like promoting a fight, do you 
does someone have to be the villain or does someone have to be, you know, someone like the hero or something? You know what I mean? It's like someone always has to have some sort of agenda, right? And you have to promote the fight. And I see this a lot either in boxing or UFC. Someone is always, you know, lack for a better term, talking shit. They're always saying like, oh, look what I'm going to do. Like Conor McGregor, obviously the most infamous one that we can think of. He's not like that now, but you know how he was. So is that normal when it comes to promoting? Um, no, not really. It's just like, it just depends on like, if the fighter's just a trash talker, like, like me, if there's always going to be a trash talker, if my opponent's ever a trash talker, I'm just going to relax and chill. Depending, uh, like in the bigger fights, yeah, I'll probably like, like say some, uh, type of, uh, type of stuff just to make the fight look more, uh, more exciting. So, uh, not, not to miss out, but I don't think there always has to be a villain cause, um, there could be always be two humble fighters. And, uh, like, Mexicans. The Mexicans, you never see them trash-talking about each other. I've seen that, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, Pauly against Puerto Rico and, and Mexico because uh, those are that's a big rivalry fight. Mm. But uh, at the end of the day, they're both humble at the end, and they're like, hey, that was a, that was a good, good-ass fight. Right, no, I see that a lot with um, Mexican fighters, especially. Um, you look at Canelo, you look at... Um, you know Ryan Garcia. He he sometimes like comes and comes and goes. I'm not talking mm-hmm. trash, by the way. I think Ryan Garcia is an amazing fighter too, but I'm just saying it's the culture is there because there's something about Mexican boxers that it's so admirable. I love. I'm sure it's it's an amazing compliment to say, hey, he fights like a Mexican, mm-hmm. because it, it that's what it is, man. You just go blow for blow. You get deep in there. You get your knuckles deep and just start taking body shots and then you give body shots and then a little few to the head. So what does that mean to you to be a Mexican boxer or a Mexican fighter? He fights like a Mexican. Uh, well, people always said I fight like a Mexican because ever since I started, I, I've always hit to the body. Mm. Sparrings and and then when uh, my coach gave me mid work, they always, always want me to dig on that body shot like as hard as I can. And uh, everyone notices me as my, my power and my body shots. So then when I go sparring, they're like, hey, like, watch out, he got a lot of power. And I said, watch out with his body shots. So not, knowing that a lot of people say I fight like a Mexican fighter, I actually like that. And um, I want to bring more I want uh, bring more Mexican into it because right now it's just like the the body shots and the, and the pressure I be putting. But uh, slowly I want to I want to add more. Like like my I look up to Eric Morales. Okay. That's my favorite fighter right there. Uh, he's just so, uh, like, the flow he has and, like, he's just so calm. And he's the a brawler, shots, too. Yeah. yeah, he's a brawler and, like, he knows when to brawl and then he knows, he, he knows when to, like, step back and, like, start boxing. Start boxing, yep. So what else includes being a Mexican boxer, a Mexican fighter? Uh, just at the end, like, like brawling right there, just toe-to-toe. It was, like, like those past, like, the ni- 1990s fight. Those were like the best fights because they were just right there in the middle of the ring, just brawling it right there. Yeah, to awesome, from man. the beginning of the bell to the end of the bell, almost every round. But then you'll see more of it come to the ending of the rounds to who wants it more. Then them thinking like, oh, this is where I come from. This is why I'm fighting for this, right. and and also the sweat, the blood, the sacrifice. Because this is what the sport takes a lot. It's a lot of sacrifice. Especially in your training camp, you got to leave a lot of things. You got to leave your family, your kids, uh, your home, and you got to eat right, stay in shape. So that's what they think at the end. And then when those last 10 seconds come, they're like giving it all out. And 
it's just a win-win for everybody. It's a win for the fighter and especially a win for the people seeing an amazing fight like that. Yeah, man. I mean, you touched another thing that people don't understand, too, when it comes to fighting. or It's actually getting more light to it is just cutting cutting for weight yeah. or just trying to make weight or eating properly. And And correct me if I'm wrong, but it's not just like, oh, you need to eat this, you got to eat that. It's more like, no, you kind of not have to eat anything. You can't, like, you have to, I've seen people just spit because they can't have too much water weight. Yeah. Right. Can you get into that? Has it been difficult for you or has it been challenging at all? Um, when I was an amateur, it really wasn't, uh, making weight was pretty easy. Uh, once I started growing up, when I, once I was starting in the, in my youth division, it, it started getting a little bit, a little bit hard. Um, like when I was fighting at 125, when I, in the junior division, uh, I was able to still go out on, on Saturdays with my friends and because uh, I was like a pound or two overweight and I could just lose that real quick. But once I came to the youth division and I had to drop down two more pounds to 123, that's when I noticed like, hey, I can't be hanging out with my friends and um, I got worried about losing this weight. But then after that, it didn't come too hard. But now that I moved up to the to the professionals, I'm fighting at featherweight, so which is 126. And... It it's not that hard because I cut weight a month or five weeks before, so and then I start eating right, and I know what I have to do. I work hard. I work. Shoot, I I wake up at six thirty to come run at a cross country. Mm. Then at eight forty five or nine, I'll go to intentional patterns with Matt. He'll give me a good workout, right. and then I'll just rest, do schoolwork, and then. Uh, around 5.30, I'll be at the gym, and uh, I'll work for, like, two hours. And um, by the end of the day, I'm if I if I weigh in, like, I'll weigh myself before the gym and after the gym. Mm. And I'll be around, like, 1.30 uh, before the gym, and then I could work. And then after the workout, I'm, like, 127 point something, mm. 26. But the weight uh, cut, it ha- really hasn't been a – it's been a little challenging sometimes. But uh, at the end of the day, not, like, too much to where, like, I have to, like, spit – like to make the weight yeah no that that's probably an extreme version of it mm-hmm. i can only imagine really on just you know the discomfort though it can get obviously because yeah. if people don't know cutting weight is honestly very challenging for fighters because not only are you you sometimes are dehydrated right yeah you can be dehydrated and you then you have to fight in 12 rounds correct yeah there slowly it, in the beginning when you start uh, fighting your fight four, and then you go up six, eight, ten, and then all the way to twelve. All the way to twelve, and it's five minute rounds or three minutes. Three minutes. Three minute rounds. Sorry, yeah. Again, that's my the, the MMA. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Um, this that's what I was um getting at. But no, so and then you touched on another thing that I want to get into is you and Matt. Uh, how has Matt helped you with your training? Because I'm sure you've trained before, but in comparison between the training you had with Matt. How does it fare, or how does it how does it go? Shoot, ever since I started off with Matt, um, they've helped me a lot. I remember, shoot, when I first met them, it was because during COVID, I would just ride my bike. That's what everyone oh, was doing. Really? Everyone was just buying a bike, riding their bike. Yeah. And then I passed by that street, and I remember seeing them. I was like, my dad, he was like, hey, we need to start going to uh, see if you can find yourself a strength and conditioning gym. And I remember passing by there, and when and Hudson was there, and I stopped by, and I told him, I was like, hey, I was like, I told him, I introduced myself, I was like, my name's Javier, uh, I'm, a, I'm about to be a professional boxer, I'm just waiting whenever my pro debut is going to be, 
And I was like, I was wondering if y'all uh, don't mind helping me out. And uh, I'd love to sponsor y'all. See if y'all would love to be my sponsors. And he was like, yeah, totally. And my first two workouts, they were with uh, Hudson. And then after slowly, he introduced me to Matt. And I got to know Matt. And Matt, Matt, Matt's teaching me more of the technique. And uh, we're lifting weights more like uh, doing weights of like uh, explosion and all that type of stuff. But ever since I I joined with Matt, I feel like I feel a little bit more uh, my a little bit looser with my body, a little bit faster, uh, better footwork, mm. and uh, and I IQ, and uh, I mean it shows it shows in the fights what we've been working on uh, um, at the at the gym, mm. and I noticed it. I was like, and I every time I come back, I I always talk to him about the fight, and I tell him I was like, hey. What we were doing here, I remember. I remember when you told me to duck down and come with that over, and I landed a shot like that, and 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 I hurt the kid, and I was like, "That's what we've been working on. That's how we know we're we're doing good." Right. Yeah. No, that's how it goes. Matt tells me a lot of good things about you, man. And you know, just want to let you guys know when it comes to helping out people and just helping out others, it can go a long way. I mean, you have a guy right here, and. You know, and you also have the intentional pattern, small business. The guys are building each other up one one day at a time, and it shows, man. I mean, th- this guy right here. I, I know you're like right here, but like, so this guy right here is literally on his way to being m- one of the most well known boxers in Texas, if not maybe the country too. Yeah, he'll get there. Trust me, he will get there. And when you're on TV or HBO, just don't forget about me. Shout out to Vibe Check. No, no. I'll always always give a shout out to Vibe Check. <laughs> so always give a shout out to the Vibe Check. Hell yeah, man. No, yeah, Matt, Matt. Matt has a heart of a fighter, I, I feel like. You know, Matt, he has so much knowledge with boxing and, you know, just maybe not maybe the technicality, but he has so much knowledge when it comes to just the fighting. Yeah. And also just he, he cares. Yeah, that's the one thing that I can say about those guys and intentional patterns. And it, and it shows to any gym. You'll know when a gym or just when people will care about you with the time they invest. It, they show it every single yeah. day. They're, those guys are awesome. And again, if you guys don't know who I'm talking about, go ahead and go to Intentional Patterns and you know, click on the episodes with Matt and Hudson. Those guys really are something. Uh, but other than that, though, man, what are the other plans coming up for you? What are you trying to work on as a boxer? Um, right now, after my fight, me and my dad, we were watching it and we we're noticing what we could work on. And um, he's been telling me... Um, Cause after my fight, I had two weeks off. Cause I I've been active ever since December, mm. and after the San Antonio fight, my coach gave me two weeks off. I was just resting, um, uh, living life finally as a as a teenager. <laughs> finally, finally, I know, right? Living life like a normal kid. Yeah, like a normal kid. You're and not even old enough to drink yet, right? No, nah, not yet. Jeez, man, you're still kicking fool's ass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was just enjoying life, uh, hanging out with my friends, and then. Um, yeah, me and my dad were talking. We we're like, hey, uh, once you start going back to the gym, start working on this. And uh, I'm working more on my head movement because um, I know there's some shots I, I be getting. And it, it'd be my, it's 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 always my fault when I get a shot, a clear shot like that because I didn't move my head. Mm. So uh, when I shot a boss, I'm starting to roll more and uh, yeah. dip to the sides. And um, working more on, on uh, sitting on my punches more. Oh, okay, I see what you mean. Mm-hmm. I know what you mean by that. And uh, just uh, I'm working more with, uh, with my jab and my twos, uh, sitting down on my two, and coming with the body shot. Uh, like I said again, I'm working more, more with my with my jabs, perfecting my jab, so mm-hmm. I can keep my distance. Uh, if the fighter ever tries pressuring me, right. just keeping my distance away from him. 
And um, I'm also trying, I'm trying to practice on pretending like I'm going to the body and then coming on top. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Okay. Now that we're actually working that with um with Muay Thai. So like uh, yeah. as you know, like um it's like kickboxing, but with elbow. Uh, I'm swear, like all my um, Muay Thai friends, they're like, no, it's not kickboxing, it's Muay Thai. <laughs> but for the people that out there don't know, it's kickboxing, but better with um, elbows and knees. But we're doing the same thing too. We're, we we still do a lot of hands too. We're not, we're not nowhere as near. Well, maybe take that back. There's some Muay Thai guys that have good hands, like boxers, but. You know, we still understand. So I know what you mean with, uh, you know, come with a hook and then fake the hook to come with a cross. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so I, I know what you're getting. And also another thing people need to know, fundamentals. How much do you learn? I mean, sorry, take that back. How much do you practice fundamentals? The fundamentals, uh, you always got to practice them because those, they're, they're always going to work in the fight. So the footwork... People always have to start with the footwork, the jab, the one, two, the one, two, three, slowly until yeah. they until you get it. Until you know how to throw it right, then then uh you move on to the next the next combo. And um, those one that jab, that one two, that one, two, three, that's always gonna be there. Mm-hmm. So you always gotta practice it. A lot of people think like, oh, I'm not gonna use my jab, but it is true what they say. The jab is a key. The jab is what opens up the body shot. It opens up everything. What opens up <laughs> The two, what's going to get you that knockout? Yeah, man. And a lot of it has to do with, like you said, going back to basics. There's nothing wrong with going to the basics. Yeah. A lot of knockouts you see is from basic, you know, just setups. Like you said, throw the jab, then come with a cross, or throw the mm-hmm. jab, then a hook. It's not, it, there's nothing wrong with that. I see a lot of people, not just in boxing or fighting, but a lot of people, they want to try to, they want to try to do something crazy. They want to try to do yeah. something, you know, where, oh, let me be noticed. No, no, no. How you get noticed is how you make your technique and foundation yourself. Yeah. So Javier, obviously, you know how to throw a jab. You know how to throw a cross, a jab, hook, cross. But how do you make it to you? How does that, how do you implement it into your fighting? You know what I mean? Um, well, I'll, I'll, That was sort of rhetorical, by the way, but please go on. My, every time I got a knockout, I've always used, I've always gone in with using the double jab. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, I'll come with the double jab and then the... The right hook to the body, and then after from there, I start pressuring, keep hitting the body on the on the right side, on the left side, and I just keep punching it until he goes down, or to the to when the rep calls yeah. it off. I got you, man, dude. Honestly, how does it feel to be in the arena? Like before I get into it, it's just that there's something euphoric and also terrifying. I can imagine because you have all eyes on you, mm-hmm. but I think that's where the fun is. You see, people got to understand the most, the most fun I've ever had is when I was scared at first. Yeah. Like, for instance, I can say, like, roller coasters. Let's think about that. You know, people, they're afraid of roller coasters, but afterward, they're like, yeah, let's do this again. Yeah. They turn that, yeah, it's true because that's the most, you know, that, that's a very, you know, I guess you could say weird, irrelevant comparison. But in some cases, it's true in, the re- in regards to turn that fear into passion yeah. because th- I think they're all on the same spectrum. I can come on, like you have to admit, you you've been nervous or anxious before, right? Uh, I'm not gonna lie, my first fight, I was I was like fifty fifty because my last fight was in the amateurs, mm. and it was in the nationals, uh, a big ranking tournament, and that was my last time fighting, and 
I mean, I had qu- I had joined to fight in the Golden Gloves, but I was gonna fight Sunday, mm. but my opponent didn't show up. So I won the I won the uh, Golden Gloves by Wait, walkover. He didn't show up. Yeah, he didn't show up. He had said he was sick, and then I was like, oh, okay. Was he capping? No, I'm kidding. No, well, I, I don't know. I mean, I still spar with them then and there, but then then COVID hit, and then it was like we had dates, but then it got canceled because of COVID. And then I remember going to uh, our regional cross country meet. My dad calls me, and he's like, hey, I was like, Rick's, uh, my coach, he's saying that there's a high chance that you're going to be fighting on December 4th. Mm. And I was like, I was like, how, what's the percentage that this is, this is true? Yeah. And he goes, he's like, like 90%. And I was like, oh, shoot. Oh, it's time so to then, get ready. Yeah, I was like, time to get ready. I, I raced Tuesday, came back home that same day and went to the gym. And after that, I started, I started working, and slowly, like, the fight started coming, and I was getting a little bit nervous because it was, like, my first time back. Mm-hmm. It would be my first time back, and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to be looking, and I haven't really gotten too much sparring because it was hard because of COVID. And then, I mean, the, the time came. Uh, slowly, the fight was getting there, uh, fight by fight. I remember getting wrapped up, and... It was weird because once I started getting wrapped up, that's when like everything left, and and I wasn't nervous. And then I went out, I got on top of the ring, and it was like I was probably fighting around like a hundred people in front of hundred people. Okay, and still, a lot, still a lot of people. Yeah, right. still a lot of people. Yeah, and I remember seeing my opponent, and I wasn't not not saying like being cocky and saying like oh I'm gonna beat him, but I was like I was like you know what I got this. I was like my coach believes in me, like I believe in myself. I know I got this. Yes. And if if I don't look good, well then it's something we can always work on. I was like, it's always that ring rust because it it was exactly a year uh, since I've been fighting, and um, I got the I got I got the knockout. And I mean, after that, I felt good. I was like, I felt good about getting the win, but not really about my performance. Mm. You know, you brought up really good points there, and it's looking to your own devices. And I'm sure you guys already know, yeah, I say that a lot, but it's the truth. Every every episode I say that, let's your own devices. Well, you know, keep. I'm going to keep on saying it because someone out there should probably, will probably take it in some good context or take some good information from this. But you, you said something perfectly. You weren't cocky, but you were just confident. You know, there's also a fine line between that. And I think you represent it well because everyone knows, and this doesn't go from fighting, if you doubt yourself, you're going to lose. Mm-hmm. Don't ever doubt yourself. If you even think that, like, oh, no, I don't know if I can do this. No, you already lost. Like, that's not just with fighting. That's just with life. Yeah. You got to honestly take pride. Not be prideful, but take pride and be proud of the hard work. And you said it perfectly because you said, oh, you know what? My trainer got me. Like, I've been preparing for this. I got this. Yeah. Don't worry. You know, I'm, I'm clean. I'm cut. I'm going to go through, walk forward, and just step into the square and just beat this guy. Yeah. And that's perfect. That's the right mentality you need to have, not just with fighting, but in life. Mm-hmm. And, and you prove that. You know, a lot of times people like are insecure because they don't know what they have. They, they keep on focusing on the negatives or they, they keep on having, they keep on have so much anxiety to the future. Yeah. They don't know how to just live in the moment. And part of living in the moment is looking to what you have. All right, let's see what I have. I'm a damn good boxer. I got people that, that care about me. I got people in my corner. That knows what they're talking about. I got Matt. He knows what I'm, he's doing when he's training me. All I need to do, this is the easy part. This is the fun part. Yeah. Once I get that punch in or once he hits that jab or once he hits me, okay, 
Let's have some fun. Let's play. Let's play. Yeah. It's all it is. I mean, I've seen it a lot too, and I've sparred before, and you know, you obviously know it too. It's kind of like a dance. It's like, all right, let's play. Come on, let's play. That's all it is. Let's play. Um, this is having some fun. You know, I bet sometimes emotions get wild, but you know, a lot of times boxers and just fighters, and again, just people in general, it checks your emotion. You can't, you know this, you can't go in like, oh, da, 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 like, you know, just trying to throw, oh, yeah. here's a cross, there's an overhand cross, another one, because you're going to get winded. Yeah. And another thing is, too, emotions don't win fight. Mm-hmm. Discipline wins fight. You know that. Yeah, you already know that. I'm, t- I'm preaching to the choir right now. But another thing that you also said, too, was just, you know, the discipline that comes with fighting, it just goes a long way. It, it's more than just a fight. It's, it's, it's your livelihood, man. This is what makes you, you. It's the man or woman in the arena who, I'm sure it can be like a little nerve-wracking at some times where it's all like, damn, it's all on me. But I think that's when you turn, you know, nervousness or anxiousness into passion and, and pleasure. Mm-hmm. It's all on the same scale, I believe. Because you can easily turn that fear into like, Oh, I'm excited now. Like, this is fun. Like, now I get to test myself in front of people. This is payday. Yeah. You know, all that hell going through sparring, cutting weight. This is the payday. I get to show off the modern day gladiator right here in front of you, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Seriously. That's what it is. You're kicking people's ass, and at the same time, you're having fun doing it. Yep. Yeah. You can't go wrong with that. Mm. Hell yeah. Have you ever played any other sports? Uh, back when I was in middle school, I played I played football, basketball, and track. Oh, really? You played football? I played football. What position? I played safety and running back. No way. I played safety too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dude, like, so what, what's the difference between team sports and, um, you know, boxing? Just, you know, the difference in comparison. How does it feel? Well, I mean, and the difference, I, I see it like it's always they say you lose as a team, you win as a team. Mm. And then if, like they say it in track two, that track's an uh, old man sport too. Mm. And... You win, you win, you win by yourself. Because mm. they say a lot, like, you're you're the only one on top of that ring. So, it not it's not like all the pressure's on you, but, like, that win, that win's your win. That loss is your loss. You can't blame anyone else. Yeah. That, whatever happened, it, it was mostly because of you. It couldn't be, it's it's not the, the fighter, the trainer's fault, or the people, or the judges, anything like it's that. not like that, man. No, it's nothing like that. And going off that, and this sounds like a like a pretty you know weird question, but how do you take losses? Like I, I mean, I'm sure you haven't lost before. I mean, have you lost? Uh, wait. Uh, back in the amateurs, I did lose a couple times. Professionally, uh, professionally, you haven't. That's why I didn't know. Oh, professionally, no. no. That's what I thought. You're undefeated. That's yeah. What, yeah. No, I was about to say, but an amateur, you have like I'm sure you've lost. Right? Yeah, I mean, before you know how to win, you like my dad says, you gotta know how to lose. That's mm. what my dad's always said. And I, like I said, I won't lie. I lost my first fight, and after that, I went in. I went to like a six, five win streak win, mm. and then my my next loss it was I was at a tournament in McKinney, Texas for uh, silver gloves. And I had fought a kid with like ninety fights. Damn. Yeah, he was in my division. So he was a veteran, pretty pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know nothing about him, just that he had ninety fights, and I barely had seven. And I still, I still put a good fight, but, you know, um, he was a better man that day. And I took the loss, and and it was hurt because, you know, I had got my, I, I was in a streak win, and I cried a little bit, but 
You took it on the chin, man. Yeah, I, I took it on the chin. I, I went I went straight back to the gym that Monday. I went back to work and um, kept on working and, and I was getting my wins. But, like, there's some people that don't know how to take wins. Uh, I mean, uh, losses. Losses. And well, there's some people that don't know how to take wins either. Yeah. They don't know what to do with it. They're like, uh, oh, I'm on top. Now not to relax. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They they think they, they win a tournament and they think they won a national title. And <laughs> yeah. it's crazy. Um, but especially with people who, if like people who are constantly like uh, winning and they're just used to winning and they're like, oh, we already know we're going we're gonna to win. Like that's glad, that's good that you know you're going to win. You have that confidence, but they don't know how to take a loss at the end of the day. Yeah. And I, I've seen that many times. Uh, many people, they get the losses and they're, they're all yelling. They're, they're yelling at the judges, at the refs. And they're like, it's not their fault. It's not like, their fault. It's all on you, bro. Yeah. And they're, they're, uh, I remember seeing the JOs, the one kid, he lost. And you know how they do it in the Olympics with the first, course, second, yeah, third. Yeah. The, pe- the pedestals. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was supposed to be in the second pedestal and he never showed up because since they oh, lost. Oh, wow. And that just shows you don't know how to take a loss. And, um, at the end of the day, they're posting, uh, like, you know, excuses. Uh, we got robbed. Uh, the kid was two years older, this and that. He has 200-something fights. We only have this many. Yeah. And uh, You can make any excuse you want. Yeah, but when it came, when it came to me getting those, uh, getting those losses, I really wouldn't make an excuse. I was like, uh, there'd be times where we actually did get robbed, and it was like, like, we were like, what? I remember one time we were in Louisiana. Oh, and I was putting a whooping on the kid. It was it was a, it was a good fight though, and they gave it to him, and we're like we're like, it's just shocking. I was like, like damn, that was a good fight. I was like, I really thought it's like you really think you had it in the bag. Really? Oh and yeah, then, that happens sometimes too, yeah, man. Like, like you're the- confident you have that win, like you got it, and then next thing you hear, you're all pumped up for them to say the red corner, red corner, red corner. They're like in the blue corner, like. Oh man! Yeah, they, they, they that first syllable of the name. It's like, wait, what? It's like, yeah. what do you? He did. Yeah, no, it, I see that a lot happening because you know a lot of fighters they think that like, oh, I got this in the bag, but it's not how they respond. I mean, no, it is how they respond. Yeah, exactly. It's how they respond to it. It's like, okay, what did I do wrong? How can I get better? Yeah, and that's what you're you're pretty much saying that. And you know, going back to not knowing how to take a win or a loss. When you take a loss, I think it's the most valuable thing that a fighter can do. If anything, it makes them better. It makes yeah. them so much better. And going off Bruce Lee, which, by the way, if you guys guys don't know, Bruce Lee is my favorite. And we have a call. What is our call today? It's, uh... All right. Well, you know what? We'll take a... We're taking that call right now. In three... We're probably going to cut this. Don't worry. We're going to cut this. Just give us time to cut it. <laughs> It's all good. Sumner, if you guys are watching this, we're going to cut this part. All right, perfect. Sorry, guys, for that phone call. We had a little bit of a mishap. But going off to what I said, Bruce Lee is probably my favorite philosophers. Was he a fighter? I think he was. But to say, was he fighting professionally? No, he wasn't. But that's neither here nor there. But his famous quote is, you have to learn to die in order to live. You have to learn how it feels to lose. You have to soak up all that angst. You got to really feel all that adversity to keep on moving forward. And that's the best thing that a fighter can do. Because a lot of times when you're on that hot streak, when you're winning, it's kind of like, not to say you can still learn from your matches or your fights. You can still do that, obviously. But a lot of times, the the, the best um, analogy I can give is the hungriest wolf is the one at the bottom. Yeah. Because the one at the top is, 
you know, all content. So the one who's like a hungry dog or a hungry wolf, those are the most dangerous ones. Yeah. The hungry fighter is probably the most dangerous fighter that you can ever have. He has nothing to lose. He just wants to get on top. He'll claw, he'll scratch, he'll bite, he'll fight. He'll do anything to get on top. Mm-hmm. But that's really cool, though. It's admirable, man. Because at the end of the day, it, it's, it's just you and the man in the, in, in, the, in the mirror. You and the man in the mirror. And it's like, all right, bud, what are we going to do today? We're going to like get better or we're going to get worse. And if we're going to go through hell, we might as well get better going through it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's something that a lot of, especially, like I said, Mexican boxers, they emulate perfectly. They're humble. They're going to, you know, come at you hard to the body. Might throw some headshots, but mostly watch out for your liver, especially if you're a southpaw. <sighs> Oof. Son. Son. God, man. I think that's my, that's, I hate fighting southpaws too or sparring against southpaws. Yeah. That shit, I mean, that shit's so stupid. If you guys don't know what a southpaw means, it's like for orthodox guys, we're righties. So that means we are, our jab is our left, our cross is our right. But for, if you want to do the, you want to do the example? So be a southpaw real quick. So he has a southpaw, I'm orthodox. Oh, yeah. And see how his like hook, do, do your hook? Yeah, it's right there. It's like literally right there. You know, obviously it's, it's hard to counter, especially if you're an orthodox. It's like, oh, he's like, Lead hand is the closest hand. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, it's kind of like that. Uh, my analogy is getting messed up. I'm sorry, guys. Bob, if you're listening to this and you're saying, Nick, shut up. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's the truth. Southpaw against an orthodox, the southpaw has the advantage. Um, unless it's like a southpaw versus southpaw, then that's just like a weird combo. I don't know. Other than that, though. Um, so where's it going with this? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Other than that, though. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, well, you got another fight coming up? I actually have four fights Plan. Please tell Schedule. me about it. We have, uh, I'm getting ready right now for May May 20th. And then two weeks after that, I have June 14th. Oh, May 20th in um, Matamoros, Mexico. Oh, you're going to Mexico? Mm-hmm. And then we have June 4th in Humboldt, Texas. Then we have June 19th here in San Antonio. And then we have July 20th in New Mexico City. Damn, so you're traveling, buddy. Yeah. Traveling, like, all in the Southwest. You got Mexico, you got Texas, you got New Mexico. What's probably the most fun place you've ever been to? I know it's all it's all, it's all, all business, no pleasure, but, like, what was the best venue that you were like, oh, man, this is fun? Uh, my first my first uh, four fights were in Mexico. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Just one was in uh, Reynosa, and the other three were in Matamoros. And then my fifth fight was here in San Antonio. But... I mean, I like the Mexico ones because I get to travel to Mexico, and it yeah. uh, it was my first time for my first fight going to Mexico, so it was like nice seeing like like how their life is way different from ours, and like Spanish is more different too. Yeah, yeah, and like the money and like like their houses yeah. and everything. But my favorite fight has to be the San Antonio one here because really? it was just an amazing experience fighting in front of my family friends um my friends intentional patterns my school and then everyone else who just supports me and having that feeling and it was like like it's just a memory i'm never gonna forget how does the emotions feel for you man like i really want to know because dude I, i'm an emotional guy like i, I really am I, I put my heart on my sleeve that's like a i'm sure you know that too like just when it comes to fighting in front of your family and friends, because that would block me out for a little bit because I'm focusing on the here and now. But then afterward, it's like, damn, I would damn near cry just out of 
you know, being proud of like I just fought in front of them and I won. Yeah. How does it feel? Uh, when I got that win, especially of how the guy was acting, it was it was an amazing feeling. Getting that win, it was like like this win. I'm always gonna remember it. And uh, my, my family was my family that lived in McAllen. They would always be able to go to Mexico to see me. But I actually had my mom and my dad here for the San Antonio fight, which made me just more, uh, more happy and um, and emotional. Also, more, um, more, uh, what's it called? Uh, it's, had, all, it's all good. I had it. I had it. Had it. You know, you're uh, good, man. Like, what'd you say? Just more motivated. Yeah, more motivated. That's there we go. Good. Yeah, it had me more motivated to get the win, and um, it was crazy because I, I would, during the fight I'd hear my mom just yelling. <laughs> yeah, and especially yep. especially with the win. I just heard my mom and then seeing them and my mom and my dad being so happy about me. And they were telling me ever since since Sunday, they were like, we're so proud of you. It was like, like you've done, um, you came a long way and we're, we're just super happy for you. And it just made me so happy and, and um, motivated me more just to become keep better going. and keep going. Yeah, stack up those wins. Yeah, you know, I I think the biggest fear, like for anyone, not just a fighter, is... It's not that I lose if I get content. Because mm-hmm. once I'm content, it's like, oh, there's no more fire. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, it's a weird thing. Like you want to have that fire underneath you. Yeah. You want to keep on being like, oh, I kind of want to have that adversity. It's it's a mm-hmm. weird paradox, and meaning it's a weird thing. Like you don't want to go through hard times, but at the same times you need those hard times. Yeah, because in order to have those hard times, that's what motivates you. That's what propels you to success. That yeah. adversity, and so. I get what you're saying, man. Like, especially for young adults, they want to do so good. They want to do great things. And that's great that they do. No matter if it's you for being a boxer, a podcaster, starting a business, that's great, man. But just know that the biggest thing that I can give to anyone is really authenticate yourself. Yeah. You know, you may fight like a like a Mexican, which is a good compliment, but at the end of the day, you're still gonna fight like Javier. Yeah. Yeah. It just so happened Javier fights like a Mexican. But sure. what makes him so polarizing is because of who you are as a person, the individual. Like there's a reason why people say, I wanna fight like Floyd, I wanna fight like Canelo, I wanna yeah. fight like Oscar. Well, that's great, but how about you fight like yourself? Yeah. Fight like yourself. Be yourself, authenticate. You know, I see a lot of times, man, people like to copycat. You got a lot of copycatters. Um, that's not a word, but I made it up. Uh, not to get into it, Jake Paul, for instance. Yeah. You know, he, uh, we all know he's not a real boxer. Hell, he knows he's not a real boxer. He's just trying to get the money. Now, whether you respect that or not, if you're trying to get the bag, that's up to your interpretation. But all I'm saying is that's, that's fleeting. It's fleeting. Sure, it's polarizing, but it can be fleeting. Not to call shots, but uh, at at Jake Paul or anything, but that's just an example out of many. You know, it's just the end of the day. My biggest advice is, don't worry about trying to indoctrinate yourself. Sure, you'll get your indoctrination, meaning you'll get your time to prove yourself. You get your time to you know be who you are. But the biggest thing is always going to be individuate. Be yourself, man. Go out there to the unknown. To, like destroy the leviathan the dragon go out to the deeps and just if you lose hey at least you did it daringly and you get it all your shot you give it all your best shot that's all i can say and honestly javier you're living proof of that you're living proof of it man so keep on going dude you got a lot of a lot of people rooting for you i'm rooting for you intentional patterns are rooting for you and dude i just wish the best for you man your journey is just starting appreciate that appreciate you man and by that 
I think that's a good vibe check, man. You think he passed it. <laughs> Other than that, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. I just want to say, if you haven't listened to the other episodes, go ahead and click the links. Or if you haven't, okay, it's cool. I don't, I don't really care. <laughs> I'm kidding, man. But in that case, I wish nothing but good vibes and cue the music. Thanks again to all that have listened. If you guys enjoyed the episode, go ahead, like it, share it, subscribe it, tell your friends, your family, put it in your journal, talk to your pet about it. And if you didn't like it, well, go ahead and share it with your friends anyway. That way you guys can dislike it together. In any case, I will see you guys next episode and I send nothing but good vibes to everyone. Okay, you, you, you can go now.